From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. We do this page every issue in Entrepreneur Magazine that we call Six Ways. We've been doing it for a while, and it's it's pretty simple. We pick some question or big challenge that people wrestle with, and we ask entrepreneurs how they approach it. Then we pick the six most interesting answers, and we share those. And we hope that it just gets people thinking. And in the October issue of the magazine, which if you're listening to this podcast episode right now, as soon as it comes out, then preview because the October issue isn't out yet. <laughs> but I'm not going to wait because I just really like this this uh, thing that we published. So in the October issue, we ran a page. Uh, the headline is Planning for the Planet. And what we asked was, uh, we asked business leaders about their company's biggest obstacles to environmental sustainability and how they're working to overcome them. And one of the answers really jumped out at me. I mean, they were all really interesting. But This one from Lauren Haynes, who's the founder of Wooden Spoon Herbs. She wrote this. I'm just going to read it to you. She wrote, Sustainability is a core value of ours, but it means so much more than packaging or ingredients. Is my team's workload sustainable? Is our churn rate sustainable? Whether it's prioritizing regenerative farming practices or hiring when my team's workload is beyond capacity, sustainable choices cost more money. Startups with exclusively women founders receive 2% of all VC investments. So that's the hurdle. Now, Lauren makes a bunch of really powerful points there. The last one that she makes about the struggle that women founders have to receive VC investments, well, that's something that's really at the heart of the entire October issue, which is our 100 Women of Influence issue. So definitely pick that up. But right now, I actually want to look at this thematic thing that she was doing here, where she was pointing out how sustainability isn't just a question, cannot just be a question of thinking environmentally. Because when we think about sustainability in our business, we we can think about, well, there's so much that we need to build that is sustainable. There are so many ways in which we must think about, are we doing things in a sustainable way such that we are not just doing well for others and for the planet, but also doing well for ourselves such the thing that we're doing is sustainable. Because frankly, if you build a, let's say, quote unquote, sustainable business in that it does good things for the environment, or it's very environmentally friendly or whatever the case is, but you are not actually building your business in a sustainable way such that your team is not going to get overloaded or that you are not prioritizing people's mental health, well, then you are not going to be around long enough to have an impact with your other forms of sustainability. And that's why I really love that point that Lauren makes, because it pushes us to think a little deeper about what that word means and maybe even redefine it for ourselves. And so on this episode of Problem Solvers, I want to kind of run with this theme. I want to do something that feels a little, I don't know, like a little thought experiment. I want to share two ideas, two explorations that Nobody would classify necessarily as sustainable, but that I think is a really interesting way to see them. Can we think sustainably about ourselves? The first thing that I'm going to share is this interesting brain science about 
how we drive ourselves to exhaustion by thinking too hard and what can we do about that. And after that, I'm going to share a hiring strategy that a high-profile CEO has that he says is going to help his company remain sustainable in the face of economic challenges. Okay, that's what's coming up after the break. Who doesn't want to do right by the planet? Well, one of the easiest ways is to use paper. And another is to choose products that come in paper-based packaging. Because paper comes from trees, a natural and renewable resource. And here in the U.S., private forest owners carefully maintain healthy forests and their habitats to provide our essential paper products. And those products can be recycled up to seven times. Thanks to innovative design solutions, everyday items from cosmetics to liquid detergents are now using paper-based packaging, making it easier than ever for consumers to do good for the planet. And the same goes for business owners. Choosing paper-based packaging materials is a great way to take the sustainable path forward that also gives back. So choose paper and help America's forests thrive. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com. Okay, we're back. So I have promised two big ideas, and we're going to see if we can file both of them under a revised definition of sustainability. And uh, I should say that both of these come from my newsletter. I write this newsletter, which is about how you can identify big opportunities in change, how you can think more forwardly. And uh, you can find this at jasonpfeiffer.com slash newsletter. All right. The first one I titled Why Thinking Hard Exhausts You and What You Can Do About It. Because uh, it's not an energy problem. It's a brain problem. Check this out. You spend the day in deep concentration. Maybe you're working through a big problem or you're on deadline with a creative project. By afternoon, you're zonked, drained, and you wonder, should I keep pushing myself? Now scientists have a good answer to that question because they've found exactly what's happening in your brain after a hard day of thinking. And the answer is, it's not pretty. And when our brains are worn out, we should take that seriously. So here's what's going on. In the past, scientists believed that fatigue was all in your head. Your brain was faking you out, the theory went, because it wanted to do something more satisfying. But in a new study in the journal Current Biology, a group of scientists in France have changed that story. The scientists looked at two groups of people. One group worked on mentally challenging tasks all day, and the other did not. Both groups' brains were monitored by magnetic resonance spectroscopy, which I'll have you know is a big and complicated word that I had to record myself saying like 20 times before I got it. Anyway, they did that so scientists could see how their brain chemistry changed. The answer was fascinating. There were notable differences between the two brains. Junk literally built up inside the hard-thinking group's brains in a way that did not happen in the other group. Now, the junk here, quote-unquote, was a common amino acid called glutamate, and it had collected in the synapses of their brain's prefrontal cortexes. One of the scientists described this in the publication Science Daily as the accumulation of noxious substances. This accumulation had a clear impact on people in the hardworking group. They were fatigued. They had reduced pupil dilation. And by day's end, they really wanted to do easy tasks that had quick rewards. That makes sense, the scientists said, because their brains were becoming harder to control. Fatigue would indeed be a signal that makes us stop working to preserve the integrity of brain functioning the researcher said in Science Daily. So what can you do to save your brain? Let's talk about that. 
Here's a common scene at my home. After a hard day of work, my wife and I take care of our two little boys. And then when they're finally asleep, my wife says she needs to zone out and watch some mindless television. Sometimes I join her, but sometimes I go back to work. A few hours later, my wife is in bed telling me to wrap things up. And who's right? Probably my wife. I would employ good old recipes. Rest and sleep, that scientist said when asked how to treat your brain after a hard day of thinking. There is good evidence that glutamate is eliminated from synapses during sleep. Now, I keep working because I want to get things done, but in reality, I'm probably doing a subpar job (laughs) because I'm uh, working on an adult brain. There is no pushing through it because this isn't simply a matter of summoning energy or focusing hard enough. It is a brain chemistry thing. The only solution is a good rest. I'll have more control of my brain and therefore do much better work in the morning. It's funny, I I actually am experiencing this literally right now. I mean, I'm recording this, uh, just let's pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm recording this on a Tuesday night. It is 10.33 p.m. And the reason why I'm doing this is because, well, I I just, I had a, a very, very busy day and this was on the schedule to be recorded. I'm, I'm kind of at deadline for filing this episode and I don't really know if I have the time to do it tomorrow. So instead I'm pushing myself and this is a time management issue that clearly I need to work for, uh, work on. You know what? I'm going to leave that in. I have been making mistakes in this recording constantly. I'm editing them out, but I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, here was one from just a second ago that I saved. After a hard day of work, my wife and I take our two little boys. It was because I said take instead of take care. Uh, anyway, I'm making a lot of mistakes as I record this thing. It is not that efficient, but I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing through anyway. And maybe this is not the most sustainable way to be thinking. You know, the lesson here is simple, but still so difficult for hard charging people like me. And I'm sure you to appreciate, we must listen to our brains. They are not computers and they cannot do computations forever. Our minds need a rest If we want to do our best work, if we want to think sustainably, if we want to treat ourselves in a way in which we are sustainable for the long haul so we can do good work, well, we cannot just work hard. We must work fresh. Now, that is one way to think about sustainability in a a unique way that we don't usually associate. After the break, we'll do another. If you're a business leader, there are things you love doing, like building great things and serving people. And then there are the things you hate doing, like inbox management and project follow-ups. Did you know that delegating those tasks could help you reclaim an average of 15 hours every week? It is time to focus on your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. Belay has been helping busy leaders do exactly that. They're helping with their staffing solutions. They've been doing it for over a decade. Belay intentionally pairs clients with virtual assistants, accounting, and more. Great leaders don't do anything alone. You have to find the support you need to delegate the details, and you can do that with Belay. So get started now. Just text SOLVE to the number 55123 to get $300 off your startup fee for a virtual assistant when you schedule a call before August 31st. That's solve, S-O-L-V-E, to 55123 to save $300 and reclaim 15 hours every week. So why the hiring slowdown? CEO Sam Bankman-Fried explained it this way on Twitter. Sometimes he wrote, the more you hire, 
the less you get done. That seems to defy basic math. You know, if one person can get X done, then can't 10 people get 10X done? But according to Sam, the CEO, that equation is missing one big critical factor. It is human nature. Because Sam thinks differently, he slowed down hiring when growth was strong. That is now allowed. You know what? Again, I'm just going to leave it in because if you just heard a minute ago, I'm exhausted. It's now 1039. We're just going to roll. That's now allowing him to continue hiring in a very different economy, despite crypto prices dropping and a talk of recession. It's worth digging into how Sam thinks because this isn't just relevant to hiring. It's a good way to think about playing the long game, something we all need to do as we navigate our own ups and downs. So here's why hiring isn't necessarily better. In a fascinating Twitter thread, Sam explained that he studied what happens when high-growth companies start hiring really fast. Here's some of what he wrote. He wrote, I've looked into hyper-growth companies. Time and time again, growing from 200 employees to 2,000 doesn't seem to 10x your productivity as a company. In fact, sometimes it doesn't even 1x your productivity. Sometimes the more you hire, the less you get done. That's what he wrote. So now, uh, why is that? He offered four reasons. Uh, The first, it becomes more difficult to coordinate all those people. Second, if you throw a ton of people at a project, nobody feels like they actually own the project, so it might not get done. Three, companies start hiring less impressive people because they need to put butts in seats, and that hurts employee morale. You know, all these people who were there early when everybody was uh, super sharp and (laughs) the uh, barrier to entry was very high. And now they're not so thrilled to see a different quality of hire come in. And then number four, incentives become harder to align, Sam writes, because people no longer know what their colleagues are up to. In summary, his argument is this. When companies get too big and ask too little of their employees, each individual's value gets watered down. And that does not add up to a greater whole. If he's right, this could help explain something that shows up in employee surveys where people complain about feeling underutilized at work. For example, a recent survey run by a hiring platform called Gloat found that over a third of workers say that their company isn't giving them enough opportunity to perform. Almost half of respondents said that they wish their employer had a better understanding of their skills and 43% expressed interest in branching out from their current responsibilities. Those undervalued feelings make people more likely to think about leaving, which is why 64% percent of employees said that they were thinking about taking their talents elsewhere. Two of the top reasons that they said they're ready to quit. Number one, there's a lack of opportunity for growth. And number two, they feel pigeonholed or stuck in their position. That is a waste for everyone involved. So what's the right move? Sam has simple advice. Make sure your team can mentor employees as fast as you hire them. FTX slowed down hiring when it hit 250 people. That means its team is much smaller than its competitors, but Sam thinks his company's output is just as good. The other benefit, FTX can keep hiring now, even as crypto prices recede and the industry feels unstable. Because we hired carefully, we can keep growing regardless of market conditions, he wrote. Because we exponentially scaled our revenue and productivity, not our expenses. But more importantly, because each person we add takes on a huge opportunity and a huge responsibility. Opportunity and responsibility? 
They go hand in hand. I've experienced this myself as an employee at different companies. When I worked at smaller magazines, for example, I had more opportunities to grow, to explore, to show my worth. At larger places where I was siloed into specific roles, I never felt like the company got the most out of me. And I certainly never got the most out of the company. Entrepreneur, where I work now, shares FTX's mindset. We hire slowly and only when necessary. That's good for keeping costs under control, but the real benefit is enabling each new employee to grow into their maximum potential. On our small team, people aren't slotted into a space where they handle some designated 3% of a particular project the way they might at a bigger company. Instead, they tend to come in with a particular role and then use it as a starting point for growth. As they meet more people and work on more projects, the company discovers what they're capable of, what else they're capable of, and each new team member discovers what else they really love to do. Each person develops an ever-evolving arena of personal responsibilities, and those end up anchoring them to the company's mission. That alignment helps the company get the full value of each person, and wouldn't you know it, people at Entrepreneur tend to stick around. Sam is right when he talks about diffusion of responsibility. If five people, he writes, could theoretically do something, maybe no one will feel like they actually have to do it, and so it won't get done. But the opposite is always the opposite. <laughs> Again, I'm just going to keep going. But the opposite is also true. If one person is given the ability to do five things within reason and time permitting, they will expand outward. That's better for everyone. And as we enter another time of uncertainty, that approach feels a lot more sustainable too. So two very different ways of thinking about sustainability with our brains, understanding what drives us to exhaustion and how to make sure that our brains and thinking are fresh for the wrong long run. I can't just, whatever. This is kind of fun, actually. Just keep going. Usually I would edit all this stuff out. And then number two, of course, is looking at how to think about sustainable growth so that your company and the people that it has hired are really able to be around and do good work for the long haul. Now, if we can think about sustainability in these ways and then also make sure that we are driving sustainable thinking in terms of the environment and everything else that we should be responsible stewards of, well, then we're really, really doing good, sustainable work. That was a fun thought experiment. And now it's 10.45 p.m. I'm done. I'm going to bed. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.